0: and we got so excited at their wedding that about two or three weeks later, we decided to get married, and so they were in our wedding, but well, I don't think it was quite like that, but it's was. But it it's, it's been a great uh, relationship, and we appreciate their friendship so much. Uh, <clears throat> let me just say, excuse me for my voice this morning. Um, I've been taking a tour, and I think I've been sitting in the air conditioning too long as I've been driving, and, and uh, I'm over 2,000 miles right now since last Tuesday, so, so it's just kind of, I think it's building in me, so my, to me it doesn't sound real strong this morning, so excuse me uh, up front for that. But let me just tell you a little bit, I'm, I'm going to give you this morning just a brief overview of, of our ministry, uh, and then I want to tell you and give you a, uh, a testimony of what God is doing. Uh, and, and how God is working in Botswana. So let's have the first slide, and the first slide is going to just show you our family. And uh, if you remember our family, for, it's, it's grown and, and uh, changed quite a bit um, through the years as, as our kids have grown up. Austin, the, our oldest, is now 23 years old. He's, he lives in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, he just took the MCAT about a week ago, week and a half ago, uh, because he wants to become a medical doctor. He loves working in the emergency room. And uh, so that's, that's what he's doing. Our daughter Stephanie is 19 years old. She's a sophomore at Southwestern Assemblies of God and walks ahead to Texas. Uh, she is an English major, she is, uh, and she's loving her life down there. Uh, Cameron is 16 years old. He looks like he's uh, 21 or 22, but he's actually 16. Uh, and he is going to be a junior in high school. Uh, when, he, when we are overseas, he goes to school at Rift Valley Academy in, in uh, Kenya, which is about a five-hour flight from us. And um, I'm just going to say God had to open that door for him because mom and dad weren't real excited, but uh, it's the right thing for him, and we see God moving in his life. And then there's my wife, Barb. Uh, we've been married for 28 years, uh, we love uh, doing ministry together, doing life together, and uh, what a joy it is to to serve with her. She she sends her love and her greetings this morning. Uh, she needed to stay behind because of some some family dynamics that are taking place back in Iowa right now, and so she had responsibilities there. But uh, she sends her love to you this morning. Um, and then there's me. Though if you don't know about my background, I was a school teacher for 20 years. Uh, then God called me to be a pastor for, for eight years, and then uh, we've been on the mission field for 10 years. In fact, I realized this morning in Sunday school that today was the Sunday 10 years ago, exactly 10 years ago. The first Sunday of June uh, was my last Sunday pastoring. It was my last day, and then we stepped right into AGWM, so, so it's been 10 years now. Wow. Time flies. Let's go to the next slide. We live and work in the capital city of, or or in the country of Botswana, as Pastor said. It is a country about the size of Texas, but it's only about 2.2 million people. And it's because the Kalahari Desert is found there. Uh, The the, the, uh, climate is a lot like Phoenix. And we live in the capital city of Uh, Habarone. Our house is about 10 minutes from the South African border. And uh, so we enjoy doing life there. Next slide. Botswana is known for its diamonds, it's transformed the country economically, but God has shown us that the real transformation in this country is going to come through the children. And God has opened an incredible door for us to minister to the primary school children of Botswana. I said that right, the primary school children, the primary public school children of Botswana. And uh, we get to bring the gospel right into the schools. Next slide. We do three things. We evangelize, we equip, and we engage. Next slide. We evangelize by going into these primary schools. For the last four years, we have piloted a program that we're developing called Gospel Evangelistic Ministry in the Schools. And what we do is is, is the schools meet for 10 minutes, uh, three 10-minute assemblies each week. We take one of those assemblies, 10 minutes, we're gonna tell a Bible story, we're going to relate it to the children's lives, how they can, how it affects them at school, at home, and in the village. And then we pray for them. And uh, God is moving during that, that time, and we've been given great favor from the national government. Next slide. This is one of the schools that we're at. This is a school, actually, that I'm going to tell the testimony about this morning, uh, the government has gotten a hold of this. Like I said, we have great favor. They've found out the, the effectiveness of this program. They've written to all of their schools. There's over 800 of them, and they've said, contact these people. You want this program in your schools. Because two of our five schools were recognized by the national government because of the increase in test scores, because of the decrease in, in discipline problems. And there are no restrictions. We go in and we preach the gospel. We share Christ, we have the kids pray and uh, receive Christ. God is moving in these schools, and so we're excited about that. The next slide shows you the other way that we evangelize, and that is through tent crusades. When we have have churches that are doing doing a great job with uh, with their children's ministry, we will do the tent crusades when teams come to us. That's when we do tent crusades because usually we'll have two to 400 children per crusade, sometimes six to 800. And so that's a lot of kids and we need help to manage that many, but God is moving and working. The, the children are so open to the gospel. It's such a privilege to bring, to bring the gospel to them. And let me just pause right here and, and, and just say thank you. Thank you for partnering with us. We do see this as a partnership. We don't do this without you. And so, what I'm sharing with you is not our work in our ministry, it is our work in our ministry. And we believe that fully. You are participating with us. So thank you so much for what you're doing. So I'm just reporting today what we are doing together. You need to hear that and be encouraged today. Let's go to the next slide. We also, in Iquit, next slide. We, we know that this isn't the Bob and Barb show. The, the, the goal of missionaries is to raise up the leaders, to raise up the, the ministers in the national church in, in our countries. And so God has brought us five or four people, the people in the hard hats here, are, are the people that he has brought to us, sharp, top shelf people. I couldn't have picked them better. God just brought them to us and they have helped us to develop this, this children's ministry uh, in Botswana. And they're doing a fantastic job. As I shared with you earlier, we were in five primary schools, they've expanded now, they are in nine primary schools, and they're continuing to grow. And so, you know, for a missionary, that does our hearts good, because that's what we wanna see. We want them to, to take that same thing and, and, and expand it and grow it and, and, and build the kingdom. And that's what we're seeing happening here. Next slide. These are 24 people that we trained before we, before we left Botswana. So these are the ones that are actually going to the schools on a weekly basis and sharing the gospel and, and, and doing these lessons. We would ask that when you are praying for Botswana, when you're praying for your ministry, would you please pray for these people? They are the ones that are on the front lines right now, and you know that this is a spiritual battle. And I'm going to say it several times this morning, but prayer is our key. Prayer is our key. If you came this morning and you said, I'll give you a check or I I can pray for you, I'm going to take the prayer. Because my God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's got the supply. But what we need is prayer. Without prayer, we're dead in the water. And we got to have that. That's where the spiritual battles are won and lost. And so please pray for them. They've designated every Wednesday as GEMS Day. That means that they're gonna focus their prayers just for this GEMS ministry every Wednesday. And we're just asking our partners, would you consider partnering with them every Wednesday and just saying a special prayer for, for the children of Botswana. Next slide. We also engage, and we're engaging this morning as we're informing you about, about what's taking place on the continent. If we could go to the next slide. Um, <clears throat> All across Africa, we're seeing a continent that is getting younger and younger. Right now, there are 400 million children, 400 million children on the continent of Africa. That's more than the population of the United States. It's 41% of the continent. And statisticians tell us that by the year 2030, just 12 years from now, Half the continent, over 500 million people, will be children under the age of 15. Most of them have not heard the gospel. And so we are mobilizing right now, and what you don't know that I need to tell you is that as our partnership together, we are preparing for that even right now. Because they have come to us, the leaders of of assemblies, God uh, Uh, children's ministries have come to us and said, we like this GEMS program, we see the effectiveness. Is it all right if we take your program, we want to translate it into French, Swahili, and Portuguese, the three main languages on the continent, because we see other applications where it can be used across this continent. It can be a tool to be used to evangelize this continent. Hallelujah. So thank you so much for your investment and for what you are doing to partner with us to reach the children of Africa. Next slide. As I said, prayer is the key. There's several ways that you can stay updated on how to pray. First of all, please grab a prayer card. We know that very well in the Assemblies of God, don't we? And for missionaries, we love these prayer cards. But you know in today's technology, there's a new way. There's another way that you can stay really updated, and that is the AGMD app. Do you know about that? If you go to the App Store, it's a free app, AGMD. Download the app. When you get on that, when it's downloaded, now you can type in the name of the missionaries that you are partnering with, and it'll come right up. Your your webpage will come up. So we invite you to to download that app. Put our name in there, V-A-N-W-Y-K, our page will come up and we update our prayer requests. You, you come to the page, the page looks like this. Next slide. And this is our web page. And, and when it comes to this page now, on the, on the right-hand side, the lower right, there's gonna be a button that you can pray that says, I'm gonna to commit to pray. You press that button, it takes you right to the prayer requests. And like I said, we update these weekly. If you would look on the prayer request page today, you would see that, that, that we've asked our partners to pray with us for the service this morning here in Aberdeen, and, and, but we keep that updated because when you're overseas, sometimes things happen quickly. And by the time you can get a newsletter out and bring it, bring it back at this side, sometimes those prayer requests are gone. And so we appreciate it. What will happen is, is I'll put in that prayer request, it'll come to your computer or your smartphone, you can, it'll ding on there that you have a notification. You can open up that thing. Oh, there's a prayer request. You pray for it. You can press the button that says, I prayed. That's going to ding on my phone that says somebody prayed. And it's not going to tell me who. I don't know who our partners are. That's between you and the Lord. But it just, it's just encouraging to see people that, that pray and, and are lifting it up. So, but it's an easy way to stay updated of what's taking place. You can also get it on your computer. The last slide uh, showed that AGMD.org slash U slash Van Wyck. All of that information is also on the back of our prayer card. So please pick that up. All right, that's my flyover. Now I want to share. Now I want to share with you this testimony. But before I do that, I want to take a scripture out of Isaiah 55. Isaiah chapter 55, I'm going to read verses 10 and 11. Verse 10 says this, and living where we live, you can't escape the meaning of this this, uh, verse. Isaiah 55 verse 10 says, the rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. We know that. We see it, it's all around us. Here's the application. Verse 11. It is the same with my word. I send it out. Now there's three focuses here. I send it out, focus one. It always produces fruit It will accomplish all I want it to. It will prosper everywhere I send it. That's powerful. Those three things, let's say them again. It it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to. It will prosper everywhere I send it. 10 minutes a week. 10 minutes a week. What's 10 minutes a week? You know, in in a week's time, there are 10,080 minutes. And all I want is 10 minutes. I'm writing, it's, it's, it's 2014 June. I'm writing with a national pastor beside me. We're going out to his village. It's 45 minutes from our home. And I'm, we're just starting this GEMS program. We're just, it's, just, it's just a vision that God has placed in our hearts. That we want to go and we want to we tell a Bible story related to the children's lives, pray for the kids, and believe that God is going to move in 10 minutes. And we drive onto the campus of this school, and it's like most rural schools that I've seen the buildings are in various states of disrepair. As you, you look around, it's typical. There's so many children. There's not enough space for, for all the classes. So, so there's at least three to four classes that are meeting out under the trees. Classes are large. There's a minimum of 40 children per class. Usually, it's 50 and 60. No paraprofessionals. It's just one teacher. There aren't any, you know, the, there isn't a, a nice fancy copier to help with the resources that they need. There isn't any money for that, so if if the school has a copier, it's probably broken in a corner somewhere gathering dust. Most everything has to be copied off the blackboard and It's a desperate situation with large class sizes. The the teachers aren't paid much, and the large classes, the, the students don't perform very well. There's not a lot of support from home. Parents, they're not making sure that the homework gets done, let alone making sure that their kids go to school. So truancy is a problem. And I meet the principal and I'm sitting across the desk from her and she's just very rigid and stiff. She, she cordially greeted me, but there wasn't a smile. Her face is hard and chiseled. And as I'm explaining the program to her, I wouldn't have been surprised if she had said, yeah, thank you, you can, you can leave. And I'm surprised and I'm shocked. When in a monotone voice, still hard, no smile, she says to me, We need what you have. Can you start next Friday? <laughs> yeah, I think we can start next Friday. So next Friday I'm there. And the Friday after that, and the Friday after that, and I'm I'm going. But it's hard. Every time you drive on the campus, well, you have ever been in a, you been in a meeting where you can, the, the tension in the air is so thick you can cut it with a knife? That's what it's like on this campus. Every time I drive on, I can just feel the oppression. It's just hard and harsh. And the other schools that we're in, we're seeing a few things. The teachers are are coming back to us, giving a little positive feedback. The principals are pleased. They're saying, yeah, just keep on coming. We like what you're doing. And this school, nothing. And three months in, I'm getting discouraged. And I remember on this particular Friday morning, I'm driving out to the school, 45 minutes. I I leave my home at at 6.30 in the morning, get through. Rush hour traffic, get out into the village by 720. By 725, I'm giving the lesson. I'm finished by seven thirty five to seven forty. And by seven forty five, quarter to eight, I can head back into town. And on the way out, I'm just saying, Lord, did I miss it? Did we miss this one? You know, I'm always praying for my schools, but this one I've got an extra 45 minutes, so I'm just saying, Lord, were we supposed to be somewhere else? And as we're tra- as I'm going, the Holy Spirit just nudges me, and he just reminds me of some things that I've observed by this point as, as I've been going to all the schools. You know, Botswana calls itself a Christian nation. But how many of you know that calling yourself a Christian and Being a Christian are two different things. So in the name of Christianity, they will have their children at the beginning of an assembly sing a Christian song. In the name of Christianity, they will also have them recite a prayer of some type. Might be the Lord's Prayer, 23rd Psalm, something like that. But you don't have to be there very long to realize it's just rote. It's just, Memorized words don't have a meaning that we might be singing to someone or for someone. And as I prayed that morning, I started to pray, Lord, would you surprise them? They're saying the right things. They're doing the right thing. They don't understand who they're singing to. There isn't that. They haven't been introduced to you. Would you just show up? and let them know that you love them. Well, I get on the campus, and it's the same as every, every morning. We're lining up, and you know it's Friday. You know how kids can be on Friday. It's the end of the week. It's that way every Friday. And they know that Saturday's coming. It's almost a weekend, no school. And the teachers, they've been building all week, you know, and they've been trying, they, they want one more good day of, of teaching. And so between the kids and the teachers, it's, you know, it's, it's just tense. Because the kids aren't, they're just misbehaving. They're just being kids. And I get there, and here's the first, or the kindergartners, first graders, second graders, way down at the end of the sixth graders, all lined up for the assembly. That morning, they chose to sing the song, Cast your burden on Jesus. Now, I've seen this song sung many times, and it comes to the chorus, and and there's actions with the chorus. The kids are supposed to raise their hands in the air and say, hiya, hiya, lift Jesus, hiya. They're supposed to stomp their feet in the dirt, loa, loa, stomp Satan, loa. Well, you know, the kindergartners, they don't usually learn English until second grade. So they're usually looking all around, they're still trying to figure things out. And then there's the sixth graders way in. in the end. You know, the sixth graders are the seniors of the primary school. And by the time you get to be a sixth grader, <clears throat> you know what? They're too cool to do those kid actions. And those fifth graders, they're looking up to the sixth graders. And they think if it's too cool for them, it's too cool for me. So it's usually just the second through the fourth graders that are, that are doing any type of action. But that morning, as they started to sing that chorus, God answered prayer. I'm telling you, I have never witnessed in my life a tangible transformation of the presence of God as he blew in with his power, as he blew in with his love, as he blew in with his, his, admir- his, his affirmation, and he started to wrap his arms around each child. Because from the smallest kindergartner to the toughest sixth grader, I saw children with hands in the air, not just hands in the air, they're jumping up and down. Haya, haya, lift Jesus, higher. They're stomping in the dirt, loa, loa, stomp Satan, loa. They are singing in a volume that I have not witnessed before. It is not obnoxious. It is not disrespectful, but it is strong and it is loud. And the expression on their faces as God is moving in and letting each child know, I believe for the first time, for many of them for the first time, that he is real. That there is a God in heaven that made them on purpose for a purpose. And that they have meaning and value. They're not just living on the backside of Africa somewhere. In some obscure village that no one's ever going to hear about. But that their life matters. And that God has a hope and a plan for them. And God was wrapping his arms around them. And they were singing in this volume and it just kept going and going and going. They didn't want to stop. Because God's presence was there. As they're jumping, as they're shouting, as they're singing, now the thick dust, this choking dust is coming out from all their their activity. It's coating them, it's settling on them. I'm standing down by the kindergartners. I can't see the sixth graders on the other end. But nobody cares. The presence and the joy and the affirmation of a loving Heavenly Father was theirs. And they were just basking in it. They were soaking it up. Usually my teachers are sitting back here. (laughs) They've got their arms crossed. They're waiting for that preacher man to get done so they can get back to their classes. And God wasn't done just with the children. Several of those teachers came up. They started singing with kids. You know what? I I love my African brothers and sisters. I love them because there's something in that culture that, you know, those of you that went to the Twins game yesterday, you saw a really good game, didn't you? You didn't come away. You came away joyful because they won. Now I'm sure there's cheering and clapping and woo. You know, that's, that's how we express ourselves in joy. But you know what our African brothers and sisters do? Part of their culture is they just break out and they start dancing. It's just spontaneous. They just do it. I love it. I embrace it. Several of those teachers, two of those teachers came up front. They started dancing in front of those kids. The joy was all over them. And then in front of the kindergartners, there stands my school principal. I'd never seen her smile. She had never given, the, all of her words were always cross and corrective. But as this was happening, I looked over at her, and all of a sudden her toes started, or she started bouncing. Her toes came off the ground, and a smile came on her face. And God touched her too. The transformation that started three months prior became visible that morning. And let me tell you, that school is not the same today. It is a place of peace and a place of joy. It's a place of hope. It's a place where God is welcome and his presence dwells there because they've embraced Jesus Christ. Their test scores have gone way up. It's one of those two schools I talked about earlier that's been recognized by the national government because of, of the significant increase. And that's how, that's, that's how we got such favor with the national government because those things are taking place. Teachers are being saved. People are being healed and set free. They tell, tell me that all the time. Pastor, when you prayed here, I was healed. Pastor, I didn't know what it meant to be a Christian, but, but now I know God's Spirit is moving and flowing through that place to the glory of his name. Hallelujah. All in 10 minutes a week. It's 10 minutes a week. Why? Because when God's word goes forward, It prospers wherever it goes. It accomplishes the purpose for which it is sent. And it always produces fruit. Always. Even in 10 minutes a week. Now I just want to turn this just a little bit. Just a little bit. I want to say this, what about us? What about us sometimes God will tell us to do something. And I I know I'm guilty of this. He'll tell me to do something, and I'll think, okay, in order to do that, I'm going to need this, 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 and this. I need this resource. I need this to take place. And sometimes all God wants me to do is just to give him what I have. Just to be obedient and just to do what he's called me to do. I think of Jesus. Jesus was ministering to the people, and he'd been ministering to them all day. It was the end of the day now, and it was time to send them home. And, you know, Jesus had compassion, and he didn't want them to be fainting on the way because they had come out into the wilderness with him. And so he turns to his disciples and he says, "Before they leave, feed them." <laughs> How would you like to be one of the disciples that day? The Bible tells us there were five thousand people there, just men alone. That's not counting the women and children. So, so theologians would say there's probably twelve to fifteen thousand people there that day. And Jesus turns to you and says, "Hey, before they go, feed them." You're in the middle of nowhere. You're in the middle of nowhere. There's no Walmart, there's no Costco, there's, there, there isn't any donkey food wagons that came out. There's nothing there to... Feed him. Go feed him. What are you gonna, and, and then there's a little boy. He's been there all day long. He's been listening. I think it's significant that it's a little boy. And his mom thought to pack him a sack lunch that day. Just a little boy's lunch, five loaves, two fish. But in that atmosphere, just in the innocence of a child, he says, here's my lunch. Remember, twelve to 15,000 people, here's a little boy's lunch. Now, I'm going to confess to you, I would have been like the disciples. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. Thank you. <laughs> That little boy's lunch, that's not even going to satisfy Peter, let alone John or any of that. Nobody's going to be satisfied with that. That's barely a snack, but Jesus hears about it. And what does he say? That's enough. Bring the lunch to me. Little boy's lunch. But he's been with Jesus. Just gives what he has. Jesus tells the disciples, seat the people, and he starts breaking Five loaves, two fish. Filling up baskets. Pass it out. The Bible tells us. The Bible says everyone ate as much as they wanted that day. They didn't just get a snack. They didn't get a little morsel. They didn't get something to tide them up. They ate as much as they wanted. And then there was... 12 baskets left over at the end. Because one little boy with five loaves and two little fish just said, here you go, Jesus. Sometimes we look at that and, man, I don't have enough. And Jesus is saying, what do you have? Just give me what you have. And I'll take it, but, but, but Jesus, I, I don't know the four spiritual laws. I don't, I don't, or the, I don't know the Romans road. I don't know. A, what do you have? Well, we've all got a witness. And people can argue with spiritual laws and everything, but they can't take away our witness. This is what Jesus did for me. You heard about it in Sunday school this morning. Brother was sharing... He had the opportunity to pray with a few people. That's all he had. But that's all that was needed. That's all that was required. And it blessed those that he touched. That's all that's needed when we're in Walmart and there's somebody hurting there. We don't have to have our Bible along. What's in our hand? What do we have? Just give what we have. Maybe somebody's hurting and it's just bringing a meal over. Maybe it's a kind word to somebody across a a backyard fence. Whatever it is, we give what we have and we let him break it. We let him multiply it. We let him feed those that are hungry and those that are thirsty. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness to us. Father, I thank you so much for these partners that have, that have joined with us to reach the children of Botswana. And I thank you, Father, that, that you are moving and working in this land and you are bringing transformation with the power of your gospel. And as we partner together to pray to, that, that you are breaking down walls and you are breaking down barriers and you are doing a work in this country that only you can do. Father, that challenges us today because we also know that there's a work that needs to be done here and you call us also in this place to be part of that work, to partner with you and just to give what we have. On the surface, it may look Very insignificant and very small, but Father, when your word goes forth, it prospers wherever it goes. It accomplishes the purpose for which it is sent, and it will always bear fruit. So help us to be faithful with whatever we have as we offer it to you. So I pray that you would encourage us here today, and as we're here this morning, Maybe you're sitting here today, and when I talked about the oppressive atmosphere in these schools, you know what I'm talking about. Because maybe it's been a while since you've experienced peace or hope in your life. You know that oppression of sin that's, that's held you bound and has held you fast. And this morning, God is showing you a way to be released to experience his joy, the breakthrough of his presence, the breakthrough of his peace and his power. And it comes when we surrender ourselves to him. We confess our sin to him and commit ourselves to live for Jesus. He sets us free. And those who the Son sets free are free indeed. If that's you this morning, you need to be set free. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Please keep them that way. This is between us, you and the Lord, but but. If you need to respond this morning to the Lord and just say, Lord, I, I need to be set free. I, I need this oppression broken. I, I need to be set free from my sin. I want to join in relationship with you, Jesus, the one that has come to give me life, the one that has placed a high value on you, then I'm just gonna ask you to respond to God today by, by raising your hand to him right where you're at. Just raise it up to him right now. If that's you, just raise your hand to him, anyone this morning. God loves you, cares about you, yes, yes. Anyone else, as you were, if you've raised your hand, you can put them back down again. Anyone else this morning would say, I need, I need that, hallelujah. Several hands have gone up this morning. We're gonna pray a prayer right now. And If you raised your hand, say this prayer to the Lord from your heart. He hears the cry of your heart this morning. But let's say this all, all together, dear Jesus, Thank you for loving me. I am a sinner. I am sorry for my sins. Please forgive me. Help me live for you. I choose right now to follow you for the rest of my life. Fill me with your joy. Flood me with your peace. Fill me with your power. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I thank you for those that prayed this prayer from their heart this morning, and I thank you that you heard their prayer. Father, I thank you that the sin has been removed. The old is gone, the new has come, and Father, I thank you that you have come in with your joy and with your peace. Father, please comfort and assure each one of, of that right now. But now I also pray, Father, for those that, that are sitting here this morning and, and you have spoken directly to their heart about a step to take. You're asking them to give something and it seems so insignificant and yet the Lord is taking, saying, just take that step. And Father, this morning they're Their action step is to take that step and and even before they leave the sanctuary to tell someone, this is what I need to do. This is what the Holy Spirit is telling me to do. And so as the Holy Spirit is, is ministering to you, find someone that you can trust, that you can say, this is what God is telling me to do. I need to do this. And then follow through with it. Father, I pray for those that you are speaking to right now. And I pray that you will help them to take that step forward. And just to give what seems so insignificant, it may even seem so small, but in your hands, in your hands, you break it, you multiply it, and you feed the people that are hungry and thirsty. Father, thank you for these men and women again, for their partnership and for their life in you. Now be glorified in and through each one. Build each one up in the faith. And thank you for for each one by the power of the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for allowing me to be with you. Once again, Pastor, thank you for allowing me to to share our hearts with you. God bless you.
1: Thank you, Bob. I'm gonna ask our ushers to come at this time. And while they're coming, I just wanna, again, thank Thank you, Bob. Thank you for you and your wife and your ministry. Um, We've been reminded of one of those great kingdom principles, and that is that really the kingdom of God, while it's so large, it's still so very small. God does great things, powerful things, eternal things with small things. I hold in my hand two pieces of paper. Ushers, you can go ahead and come forward uh I have an offering and I have a prayer card. I'm going to say more about the prayer card here in a moment, but you know something I'm going to give and something I'm going to take. I heard Bob's testimony in Sunday school this morning. He shared it and how One prayer a long time ago, many years ago, a couple of decades ago, he he made a small prayer of surrender to the Lord, and look what's come from it. He said, Lord, if you want me to go and be a missionary, I'll do it. Small prayer, but look what came from it. Ten minutes on a Friday, but look what God is doing. An offering regardless of size, but what can God do? A prayer for a missionary in the middle of the day or the middle of the night, what what difference can that make? It can make all the difference because, because God takes little things and turns them into big things. If we're faithful, if we're obedient. Before uh, I have Bob come back on the platform, before we pray for him, I want to encourage you to give this morning. If you have if you have an offering, and there is information there behind me uh, on, on how you can give, if, if you have not, did not come prepared to do so, then we want to make that available to you. If you're writing out a check, just write it out to AFA or Aberdeen First Assembly of God. And, uh, and all of this offering, unless you designate it otherwise, is going to go towards this ministry. I'm so very grateful that we have a part of what God is doing around the world in so many different places. If you have that offering, I'd like you to take that in your hands. We're going to pray over this. Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity and the privilege that we have to give, not only today to this missionary, but every week and every month, Lord, as we give. Every one of us, Lord, came to you in part because of missionary outreach. Somebody took the good news of Jesus Christ from one culture to another from one gathering of believers to another. And we heard about it, or maybe it was our parents or our grandparents before us, but somebody heard the message of Jesus Christ. Eventually, that message came to us. And We respond. And our life is transformed. Our eternal life is transformed. And it's because somebody prayed, somebody went, somebody sent, and somebody gave. And so, Lord, we take this offering. We pray that you will multiply it we pray that you will do with this what we could never do. We pray that it will change lives. Lord, we saw some pictures of some young people, children. I don't know when you're going to return, Lord. It may be very soon, but it may be a while. And those, th- those children are going to grow up, and they're going to they're change their world through the power of the gospel. So, Lord, we ask your blessing upon this. We thank you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Bob, would you join me here on the platform as that offering is being received? Um, again, this this piece of paper that you're going to take with you. Uh, at the close of the service, uh, we want you to take that, that prayer list of all of our missionaries and this prayer card with the, the picture of the Van Wykes on it. Put it in a prominent place and pray over that. And it's amazing. I, I have a couple different places that I put it and, and, and how the Lord will sometimes not... Not move it, but but will draw my attention to one of those prayer cards and I'll pray and I'll I'll know that this, the Holy Spirit is prompting me to pray that day. Or or the prayer app. I have that app and I I I'm gonna put your name on it and 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 to so that so that I can be prompted to pray and 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 so take these and and, and we wanna pray for our missionaries. Uh, We're in this together. As Bob shared, it's not just about he and Barb. It's about all of us. You are a part of what God is doing around this world and have been for many years and and supporting many different missionaries. So I'd like you to stand and and would you? We're going to close here in just a moment, but we want to close this way. We want to close praying for this missionary. Joni, would you join me here on this platform as well? And we want to pray for bob and for barb and for this ministry i want to pray also in the closing prayer for you that god will use you in greater and greater ways you too are his representative and listen folks if 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 the the greatest brand name in this world corporate brand name is coca-cola the greatest known symbol in this world is the cross someday coca-cola will be long forgotten It'll be long forgotten. No one will remember that in eternity, but I'll tell you what, the power of the cross changes people's lives. He is far more than, than, than colored or flavored sugar water. He is eternal life. Let's, would you extend your hands? Let's pray for these missionaries. Lord, I thank you for Bob and for his wife, Barb. I thank you for their children, Lord, who are serving you. I thank you for their lives and for calling them. But I also thank you, Lord, that they're not just the only part of this. You you use the church to, to send and to pray and to, to support and, and to go at, at times as well. Lord, I thank you for the privilege that we have. We ask your blessing upon Barb and, and Bob as they as they minister in in really uh, challenging circumstances as they travel many miles in, in 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 representing you as they take those ten minute windows of opportunity in which eternity is transformed in people's lives. We pray that you will continue to use them. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing on that continent of Africa, Lord, a place that many of us will never go, but someday in heaven. Someday in heaven, Lord, we will see millions who will be there in part because we prayed and we sent and we went and we we gave. So, Lord, we give ourselves to you again. I ask your blessing upon every person here as they too represent you to the world around us. Lord, the lost people are not only in Africa, in Botswana, in Southern Africa, they're around the world and they're right here. Use us, Lord, for your glory so that lives will be changed. Young and old, Lord, it's not too late. When you gave us your commission, you gave us that commission to every person in every place. And so, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the power of the cross, the greatest symbol ever, because it represents you. We love you, Jesus. And we thank you, May We go in your power and in your strength for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you this morning. Go in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ.